0: All right. So I was thinking about you the other day. And what was coming to mind is that I would just love to hang out with you more to get to know you, right? This whole podcast thing is awkward because I'm talking into air, and I really don't know what's on your mind. And I, I would love to hear what questions you have and what comments you would be making about when I'm recording. So here's what I was thinking. I do this show every Wednesday on LinkedIn. It's called Women Running Funnels. And it's at noon Eastern. Now I not only have that on LinkedIn, but I multi-stream it out to Facebook and YouTube. So you could literally find me anywhere on any one of those platforms. And it would really be fun to have you there because you could be making comments, I could be asking you questions, you could be, it's a two-way dialogue. I think it could be really fun. So consider it, okay? Wednesdays, LinkedIn. The name is Susan Trumpler. You can find my profile there. And it's at noon Eastern. I would love to see you there. Until then, enjoy the show. Are you feeling stuck or are you unstoppable? Are you tired of creating incremental growth in your business while really wanting to make quantum leaps? Well, then welcome you found the right place to be fed this is susan the founder of unstoppable women in business and this podcast is for women entrepreneurs coaches consultants anyone who is unwaveringly focused on finding the best path to success in their business while you're here you're going to be asked to think differently to get different results to do things that are challenging but oh so rewarding so come on Let's get started. Hello, ladies, it's Susan here, and it's so good to be here with you again this week. I've got an interesting episode for you with a friend of mine, Laura Valvasori. From Good to Grow, Laura is a marketing strategist and she loves to work with entrepreneurs, especially in the foundations area of their their business strategies. Uh, Laura has recently written a book called Good to Grow and I love the concepts that are in the book. So I thought it would be a good time to bring Laura on and chat about her experience, uh, how, the book itself, and much, much more. So Laura, it is so nice to have you today on Unstoppable Women in Business. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's a pleasure. It's an exciting time yeah. for you. The book is coming out soon. Wh- when is it going to be available?
1: it is officially launching on september 20th it is now available for pre-order on kindle so that's exciting to go on amazon and actually see the book there and on the 20th you'll be able to order it in paperback as well so i'm really excited it's been a it feels like it's been a long time coming as you know that you've written a book it is a process to go through Mm -hmm. and to see it starting to come to fruition and be in people's hands is really gratifying
0: isn't it bizarre when you actually open up Amazon and see your baby there? And it is. I just I just I love it. <laughs> almost welling up like, "Oh my gosh." Cuz it's a process, like you said. It is really a process that you go through to get what's in your head out into the world into paper. And so it's quite an accomplishment. Congratulations.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it's been about a year since I kicked off the writing process. So to go through the whole writing process and production of a book and being in the launch planning now it is, I definitely learned a lot of lessons. And it's been a really cool experience to go through for me.
0: Beautiful. Well, the book is wonderful, good to grow. The way that I think about this um, Laura, and the way that I wanted to approach our conversation today is, you have a really great way of talking about mindset, and especially when we think about our self-image and who we are as entrepreneurs. But what I love about what you did in the book is you kind of contrasted it against your self-image when you were in the workplace, so as an employee. and And I just would love to dig in there. Can we? Can we first? Talk about your own kind of transition because I know you were with Price Waterhouse um, before you were an entrepreneur many many years ago. But there had to be that yeah. transi- transition for yourself, right? Where you went from being this person who was in corporate to then becoming like your own
1: entity, so my tell- own boss. Yes, exactly. absolutely. <laughs> tell me so about yeah. The it's been. Okay, it's been nine years now. It seems like time flies, but um, I spent most of my career working for law firms and accounting firms in marketing roles, and I had a great run with Price Waterhouse Coopers. And I had some great roles where I was focusing on doing marketing to private companies and i got to know some of the owners of those businesses and as i did they would talk about marketing and they would say oh we kind of do some marketing or we kind of have a person and it became apparent that they didn't really understand what the big picture strategy was for them and these were some pretty sizable companies at the time and I started to see this little glimmer of opportunity, like maybe I could go out on my own and maybe I could work with them to help them with that big picture. But at the same time, I was being promoted in my role. I was being given bigger teams. I was excelling in many ways. So outwardly, it looked very much like I was being successful, but I was starting to feel like I was further and further away from what I did well, and what energized me and in the way that felt like I was making an impact. So I I was really feeling like I was at this crossroads. And it was scary, because I didn't have anyone in my life as a role model who had been self employed, all of my friends were in corporate jobs. I didn't even know that the world that I know now exists existed. And so the prospect of leaving a very comfortable position where I was respected and um, well rewarded and all of those things was terrifying. But it, it came to a point where the, the self image, I felt like I wasn't being authentic to who I really was. And I was working with a business coach at that time to be groomed for the next role. And we did a values exercise. And I quickly realized that my values were very in misalignment and I, I really value authenticity and I felt like I wasn't able to um, be who I really was and enthusiastic and excited and all of the things. And it ultimately led me to make the decision to leave. And um, the transition for me was, I have been an employee for so long and there's so many things that are ingrained in you that you don't even recognize, you are, you know, you you have somebody telling you what to do, you are rewarded in very specific ways. So with titles, and with a paycheck and with validation from your peers and your boss. And none of that exists when you go it on your own. So <laughs> it's a very um, dramatic shift. And I think to adapt to that you have to understand that as a business owner, you are not only the skill set that you bring to the market, but also you're the visionary for the business. You're the manager for the business. You have to be, you either have to be all things or have people to support you in those areas so that you're not just trying to go to market around your skill set. As a, as a business owner, it really is a more all-encompassing role. Mm. So the more you understand that from the beginning i think it helps set you up for success so that you are able to think about um who you want to be as a business owner how you want to show up what impact you want to make all of those kinds of questions um I didn't at the time, I've learned so much more about mindset and so much through my experience of being a business owner, that I didn't know at that time that I wish I did, which is partly why I wrote this book. (laughs) Because (laughs) I want people to, to ask themselves those questions and understand that early in the process. And I think it will make it a much more smooth transition than questioning yourself and doubting yourself and all of those pieces.
0: Oh, that's fascinating. You know, the thing that comes to mind for me in the transition that I I had to make, because mine was pretty abrupt. I went from being within corporate with no intention whatsoever of being an entrepreneur mm. to becoming mm. an entrepreneur overnight. And okay. I, I, like, I, similar to your description,
1: I didn't even know what the world looked like. I didn't... I. Right, that totally. I had no idea that there was networks of people and resources and this whole world that existed that I had no idea,
0: no idea. No idea. plus, I also had this feeling like as being when you're in corporate, um, any role, it's a very it's a very defined container, right? You know your job responsibilities, you know who to yes. go to. Uh, when you bump up against the wall of your responsibilities and you feel, I I feel, I'm going to use the word safe. There's like this safety zone.
1: Yes. As long as
0: you're good at what you do, you know, you're going to be fine because you really understand the limits. And then in, when you're an entrepreneur, those walls come down and you have to be everything. You're just, you're not just the specialist that your role defines. Right. Now you're everything. And if you, even like you said, even if you bring in people in your business to support you, you still have to be a specialist to a certain extent so that you can direct them and be able to absolutely enable them. So it is, I I don't think women think about it. Well, some women, I know some other ones probably do put some time in prior to leaving corporate, but yeah, that is, Mm -hmm. that's what you find yourself in. And it's exhilarating at times and it's downright scary at other times.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there's a term I use in the book that I learned from working with construction clients. It's being a master builder. And that was a concept in early building days where the master builder was someone that oversaw the whole construction project and they had some level of proficiency in all of the different trades mm. so that they could understand it all. But they're real role was to be the visionary for the whole thing and to move everything forward. And that's, I think it's such a great analogy for a business owner to be able to have that big picture vision and understand enough about the different areas. And even if you bring people in to help you in different areas, you still have to have some level of proficiency and and be the overarching person driving things forward.
0: Man, this is so fascinating. So let's apply this to A large part of my audience, because I I really focus on online um, business owners, and a lot of Mm -hmm. them are coaches and, you know, creators. And so when you think about why they go into business, like they have a passion to help people transform, to to bring something that they're really good at into the world and be able to coach others into having a transformation. Mm -hmm. And they're very passionate about what they do. When it comes to their specialty, but when we're t- that, what I usually have to have a conversation with my clients is, well, unfortunately, although you're a coach, you're going to spend about forty percent of your time coaching, and the rest of the time is on running your business, sales and marketing, operations, finance, leadership. I mean, you can't yeah. be in business without spending a, a good part of your time in that area and i think that they have a really hard time visioning that it's like but i i just want to be a coach
1: <laughs> so what right. would you say to right that, huh? yeah i mean i think it just to be i think you have to really understand that from the beginning that if you want to be j- just a coach i don't want to say just a coach if you want to know, coach and yeah. specifically just use your areas You might be better served working for someone else or being in an affiliation or um, having a different kind of environment to support you. But if you want to be a business owner and be a coach, there are all these other areas of responsibility that come with it. Mm -hmm. And it's part of the deal. And if you're smart about it from the beginning and you understand, you know, one of the things I talk about is. having mentors like yourself, so that you accelerate your learning curve Mm. and understanding where you add the best value to your business and what your sweet spot is. So your coaching ability is one thing, but you might have a real um, aptitude for marketing. You might love being on Instagram. It might be an area that you really excel in. And that's great. So maybe you spend some time in there and you suck at accounting. So (laughs) you talk to a bookkeeper early on and you have someone help you get in order in those areas and just understanding that you are going to serve your clients best and your business best if you focus on the areas where you have um, the most strength and that light you up. And when I say light you up, there's a chapter in the book that I talk about understanding how you work best and the importance of that. And I recommend a few different assessment tools and understanding what your strengths are and how you work can impact the model that you create for your business. So instead of thinking about, there's one area that some people might find it a little too out there, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with human design.
0: Oh yeah.
1: It is a, Yeah. So it's um, a profiling technique that's based in astrology and it gives you a blueprint for how you best use your energy. And I have found it extremely helpful for me to understand my blueprint because it helps me understand how I work best. So I'm a manifesting generator profile, which means I'm a multi-passionate creator, I like having my energy in lots of different things. I have a lot of energy and persistence to get things done and I work well that way. So for me, if I decided to develop one type of program and run it over and over and over, Mm -hmm. it would be very challenging for me to stay engaged in it and be excited about it. Mm -hmm. So for me, doing smaller offers and changing things up and seeing a need and creating, works better for how I serve and how I enjoy working. Oh, and that's wow. been a big, big learning for me. So if, you know, if you are, are new in business and if you're a coach and you hear everyone saying, oh, group programs are the way to go. You 100%, that's the only way you can do business. Maybe it's not. Maybe maybe live group coaching is for you. Maybe you are meant to work one-on-one. Maybe you're meant to do retreats, like all kinds of different ways to bring your services to the market. And if you line them up with how you work best, it's like this perfect combination.
0: I love that. I've, um, I'm a huge proponent of really getting under the covers and understanding yourself so that you can align your work with your preferences for certain. And human design is one of them. Another one that I use, um, in my business is understanding it's called the Herman brain. So it's understanding the quadrants of the brain and what you're in essence, the preferences that you have in decision-making and how you use your brain. Just as an example, I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that I am not a left-brained person. I don't, uh, left brain people are really great at process and at factual mm-hmm. things and linear decisions and things that are all fall in order, where my preference being uh, leaning heavily to the right is around vision and human interaction. And knowing this, I don't put myself into situations that I have to lean heavily on process, like developing curriculum not my mm-hmm. forte, right? Not my forte. But I can vision it. But I need to partner with someone to do the more.
1: Exactly. Healthy. Yeah. And yeah. that and that changes. It just changes the approach you take. So in writing the book I wrote, um, it, it draws on a lot of my abilities to take large sums of information and distill things down. That's one of the things that I'm good at doing and enjoy. And there's other people that that's a nightmare for, but they would love collaborating with other people. And they might've written a book that has similar messages to what I've talked about, but they might bring a whole bunch of people together and have them each do a chapter. And for them, that might be how to accomplish it. It's just different ways to accomplish it that aligns with how you work best. Exactly. So the net net here
0: is, first of all, understand what it takes to move from being within a corporate environment to being an entrepreneur understand the container that you're creating and then also make sure that you align it with who you are as a person and what your strengths are whatever perspective you look at it from that sounds awesome right right what do you say what do you say to the women who um who are like oh i just would love to go out on my own um but i'm really worried about not having the um, productive container. Okay. So like, uh, I would just be sitting there watching, you know, TV or watching Netflix and not doing my work. And I I just, I have a hard time visioning that, but I think that you've got some, some insights into that as well.
1: Yeah. I think that more people have had the experience of working home through the pandemic experience. and. For some, it has been good and some it has not. Um, A few things that I would suggest is, number one, creating a work environment for yourself that you associate with working. So Mm -hmm. you may not be able to have a full home office, but there might be an area in your home that you associate with working. So your mind connects that time to working. So... For me, when I left the corporate world, we didn't have an extra home office. My husband also works out of the house. And so he had the home office and I was working out of the corner of the bedroom for a while. And that was not productive and switching between the kitchen table and the bedroom. And somebody made a joke about kicking me out into the shed and we had a backyard shed. And then we started thinking, hmm. Well, maybe it could be an office. So luckily I have a very handy husband and we turned the shed into an office for me, which was pre the being trendy to do that. And I'm actually sitting in my office right now recording this interview and it's a tiny little space. It's not even 50 square feet, but it's decorated nicely. It has my own vibe. It makes me feel good. And it's a trigger for me to come into this space to work. Wow. So if she even shed. if you can't, yeah, a she shed. Yeah. <laughs> My little she shed. So even if you can't have your own space, if you can create a trigger for yourself mm. that it, this is working time and I associate with being this place as working. That's one thing. Um, the second is creating some form of routine for yourself and it doesn't have to look exactly the same, Uh, every day, but having some starting day rituals, and ending day rituals can be helpful. So that, again, it's all about priming yourself to be in that productive workspace. Mm -hmm. And focusing when you're in work mode, you're in work mode. And when you're in family mode, or life mode, outside of work, um, it takes some discipline, it really just takes some discipline to get used to having to self-direct yourself. And that is a big, that was a big realization at the beginning for me was it's a different level of personal responsibility you need to take for yourself Mm -hmm. to be your own drill sergeant and cheerleader all in one. And that also goes for how you focus your time. So motivating yourself to be in that productive time and also recognizing your small wins, because at the beginning, it can also feel overwhelming that you're planting a lot of seeds, and you're doing a lot of things, and it might not feel like there's much coming back initially. So anything you can do to keep rewarding yourself in little ways and recognizing when you've accomplished something, I keep a little journal beside me that I write little wins in, and it just directs your mind to be looking for more little wins. Mm -hmm. And it helps elevate your mood, give you more confidence, and give you the perseverance to keep going. So those are a few little tips that might help. Oh, I love that. You know, I, I think a lot of people
0: talk about um, morning rituals and setting themselves up mm-hmm. for success for the day and, you know, making certain that they're kind of like you said, priming. Um, I don't hear as much about end of day rituals or end of day, like priming yourself to be done with your business day. Tell me a little bit about how do you
1: do that? And why is that important? That is extremely important because one of the real risks in entrepreneurship is burnout. Because uh, there's a study I quote in the book, it's a Harvard study, where they talk about there being a higher risk for entrepreneurs, for, I've just lost the terminology, but it's like passion related because you're so passionate and excited about what you're doing yes. that you can keep going and keep going and keep going. Mm-hmm. And that is not healthy because this is this is a marathon. This is not a sprint. Mm-hmm. So for me, when I come to my end of my day, I usually try to wrap up around 4.30-ish. And for me, I clean off my desk And I look at my calendar for the next day and I decide on the three things I'm going to focus on accomplishing for the next day so that I am coming into the next day clear about that. Mm -hmm. And I close my computer and I just do a little small breath work, like a little mini, I don't know if it's even a mini meditation or breath work. I just take a few minutes and close my eyes and take a few breaths and it helps me feel like I'm ending the day and I'm going to transition for me in walking the 10 steps back into my home into family mode. So I'm going to go in and make dinner and be with my kids and my husband. And, and it sort of creates a bit of a transition time for me to take those few minutes of breath.
0: That makes complete sense. I, um, I'm not, I'm pretty guilty at not having an end of day ritual because I am that person who, I here's my end of day ritual. I move from my office uh, to the refrigerator to grab a glass of wine, and then I head to (laughs)
1: the sunroom where I have another. Yeah. (laughs) Oh no, (laughs) that's not an end of day ritual. That's a continuation (laughs) of your day.
0: I call it Triple T time, TV task time, where I do easy things that are just like, ah, right. In these, and I'm you know enjoying some watching the news, but still working. And I, I am that person who I think is at risk of burnout because I do love what I do, but I don't stop at the end of the day. Um, and just leave it behind and, and it is, yeah, there's definitely, a yeah. Risk.
1: And there's, yeah, there's definitely, um, a risk of that. One of the other things I talk about in the book is the difference between being in Um, doing energy and being energy so Mm -hmm. as entrepreneurs a lot of uh, entrepreneurs are very type a and they're very focused on achievement and they're very task oriented and wanting to do things to move the business forward understandable however you also need to create space in your life For what I call being energy, some people refer to it as feminine and masculine energy, (laughs) that being energy is taking time to do the things that help you reconnect to yourself, to calm your nervous system, to be in a state of relaxation, because it is in those times that you're recharging yourself physically, number one, Mm -hmm. but you're also able to access different parts of your brain that are the inspired and creative parts. So you may be pushing at a problem all day and pushing at a problem. I'm sure you've had this experience where you're pushing, pushing, you can't figure out the solution. And then you go and you take a shower and boom, the answer is right there. Yes. It's because you have taken yourself yourself out of being focused just on the solution and pushing and creating more resistance, actually, and just let your mind relax a bit and the, the answer will often come. But it it feels unnatural to Mm -hmm. sometimes say, like, I'm going to take a walk. So if I'm having a day where something's happening that I'm feeling starting to feel stressed or I'm feeling irritation, I might go for a 15 minute walk around the neighborhood. Mm -hmm. So some people might feel guilty about stepping away from their desk in the middle of the day because they're not used to being able to do that in a corporate World, but it actually is the most helpful thing I can do in that moment because I know it's going to reset my energy, it's going to clear my head, it's going to change the way that I'm thinking, and it is the most productive thing I can do. But if you feel guilty while you're doing it, you're missing the point. (laughs) So, spending time and being reflective of not always being in go, 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 and that part of your role as an entrepreneur and business owner is to make time for that thoughtful, creative energy as well.
0: That is beautiful. Yeah. I i love, I love taking my dogs for, for a walk in the middle of the day. And honestly, yeah. for exactly what you, you, you mentioned, I used to always fill my head with podcasts while I was walking. And once I got so ingrained in business that I had a lot of things I was trying to solve in my mind. I actually, I couldn't even listen to a podcast anymore. There was like, there was no more room in there. And as I walked, I would just think through
1: and it just seemed like it came so much more natural. Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing what comes out? I think there's something, I'm a big walker. I walk every morning. That's part of my morning routine. Mm -hmm. And it is amazing. I think it's something to do with be, especially if you can be in nature, connecting to nature and the movement, it's almost a, repetitive. If you're not listening to anything, you're just walking and observing what's around you. It's amazing what your mind will process or ideas that'll pop into your mind, Um, solutions to things. And it really is a part of your work to feel your best, you know, in the title of the book, it's cultivating your mindset and habits to thrive as an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. And I believe that to build a thriving business, you need to be thriving. So you need to be doing work that lights you up you need to be working with the people that you know you're making an impact you need to be supporting yourself in getting work done like we talked about by having the right environment and the right approach um you need to be doing things that make you feel good because when you're feeling good you're going to bring better energy to your business and more sustainability and more creativity it is about you thriving to build a business that thrives as an extension of you. I love that. I love that. To build a thriving
0: business, you need to be thriving. Laura, this is amazing. I have really enjoyed. Uh, so our- have I. Thank you. Thank you so much. Tell um tell us again the name of the book, where people can find it, and all the details we need to know.
1: So the book is Good to Grow, Cultivate Your Mindset and Habits to Thrive as an Entrepreneur. It is now available on Kindle for pre-order, and it will be released officially on September 20th for um, purchase in paperback. And I'm offering a pre-order bonus where if you pre-order the Kindle or if you purchase the paperback on launch day of September 20th, I will um, invite you to join me for a Good to Grow book club. And we are going to read the book together over the month of November. You'll receive reading prompts every week and questions to reflect on. And you'll be invited into a private Facebook group to um, network with other members and readers. And then at the end of the month, we'll do a 90-minute Zoom call that is a combination of reflections on the book and an opportunity to mastermind with other readers. So that is something I'm offering as a bonus. If you help me and support me in the pre-order period, um, to create the launch. Yeah. I'm excited. I'm really excited about that.
0: I'm excited for you too. It sounds like you've got a great book. I can't wait to go out there and be part of the, the pre-launch for you to help you out. And I'm sure my listeners will be doing the same thing. So thank you again for your time today and, uh, listen, ladies Laura's got some great insights for you. So go ahead and go out there and order pre-order her book. And then uh, maybe we'll see you in the uh, in the book club in November. All right. Thank you, Laura. Have a wonderful day today. And you guys, go get them till we meet again. I'll talk to you later. Bye-bye. Hey there, lady. What are you doing? We need to get to know each other better. Come on over and visit me at www.unstoppablewomeninbusiness.com and check it out. I've got so much good stuff over there for you. And I would love to get to know you better. So come on, come on over. Let's hang out.